We got a real loud roar there, Perry. It might be me. I've got enough volume. Ah, we see Denise is back from California. We're glad she's back. Um, before we get started this morning, uh, we've got a testimony that we want you to hear uh, of what God has done. Let me tell you something, folks. If you are dealing with sickness, over the next little bit, we're going to leave time after service. There is amazing things that's going on right now of, of healings. Um, just, uh, and they can give their testimony later. Uh, somebody just looked at me in the last couple days and said, hey, look at this. And they stuck their legs out and they said, I got one leg longer than the other. I said, I didn't say nothing to them. I said, well, just hang on a second. And I just reached over and put my hand on them and, all right, Lord, you know what you, you can do. Just go ahead and grow. And right in front of their eyes, they got to watch their leg come out. Then, same day, same day, D, who's been, who uh, injured a elbow or a tendon or something, uh, unloading the harvest house truck two months ago, uh, she has not been able to stretch her arm out for two months. That morning I had, uh, early that morning I had laid hands on her, said, all right, body, God, you know what to do. And in Jesus' name, how's that left arm now? <laughs> Who got prayed for last week that has seen a significant difference in what they came up for? I don't know who, if anybody was here that was praying. I know we prayed for a lot of people last week. Um, if you haven't, get ready uh, because it's coming. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a flow right now, and we're going to stay in it. Um, so we're going, to, we're going to pray for the sick every time we meet together, okay? Uh, there's, I mean, it's, it's, God's doing big things. It's not little things he's getting ready to do. So every now and then. But that's how we look at Father. And I know that it looks like they're working on all kinds of electronic stuff back there. Today, we're going to talk about God, our Father. His name is Abba. His name is Abba. Now, here's what I mean when I said that the uh, Old and New Testament seems diametrically opposed in this view of God. In the Old Testament, God is only referred to as father about 10 times about 10 times only throughout all the Old Testament that he is only referred to as father but in John alone the book of John he's referred to as father about 103 times Either Jesus is saying, my father, or Jesus is looking at them saying, your father. In all, just the Gospels, I'm not talking about the whole of the New Testament. Just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 193 times God is referred to as father. I think Jesus was trying to bring a new message about God that somehow got lost in translation. Matter of fact, it caused him a lot of problems. 
But we're going to read some stuff first. If you've got a Bible you want to look at it, go to Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 18. I'm sure Bobby's back there working, trying to get that program up and running again. Reese, if you can help him or if he's got it, great. Um, looks like we've had all kinds of electrical stuff. You start worshiping, all kinds of crazy stuff happens. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. That means that one time you had a spirit of bondage that led you to fear. He said, but you not receive the spirit of bondage again to, uh, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. What I thought was awesome is the songs that Ron sang, the things that came out in worship today, nobody knew what I was preaching. Think I was trying to tell you something today? That your Abba it wouldn't have surprised me if Ron just didn't pull out the song Abba this morning. He says, we have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Verse, 17, uh, verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we, everybody say this, are you're not trying to become a child of God. You're not working on being a child of God. God. Paul tells them here to Romans, he says, you are children of God. Verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You know what being a joint heir means? That means whatever Jesus gets, you get. God doesn't pick favor. In his kids he doesn't say I'm going to give Sheila something and not give it to Lori or I'm going to give Debbie something and not give it to Alice he says he doesn't play favorites he says you are heirs and joint heirs he's not going to give something to Jesus that he wouldn't give to you Lord our God you are a joint heir with Christ if indeed we suffer with him that we be also glorified together in ancient Hebrew the word Abba wasn't Abba, it was Ab, simply A-B, pronounced Ab. And it was the reverential, it was the father, it was the patriarch, it was the, the, the protector, the strong one. Not very many times did you see God referred to as father in the Old Testament. You see, it was only when the, when, the, when the Jewish people began and, and, and Aramaic became their language, it was added to Abba. And when Abba started, it wasn't even a proper name to speak to your father. It was like a child's name. It'd be the same of us saying daddy. You know, because back then, you know, even now, you, you don't see a whole lot of adults look at their father and call him daddy. But it was considered childish to address their father that way. And then over time, it became more and more accepted to do so. And I wonder sometimes if that's our problem. If we don't look at God and say, hey, Father, oh, Father. Maybe sometimes we just need to get real childish with God. Matter of fact, Jesus said, unless you become like a little child. Right? Maybe it's time we get giddy, silly, happy. Why? Let me tell you something. When we were little, 
they didn't have a care in the world. When you were kids, they didn't have a care in the world. They knew mom and dad was going to take care of everything. All their needs were met. They never wondered if they were going to get hungry. We may be freaking out. How am I going to pay the bill? How am I going to buy the milk? How am I going to get the bread? We may be freaking out, but they had a care. They didn't have a care in the world. Dad's got this. It's all good. Folks, I'm telling you, God is looking for his children to start acting like children again. Quit acting like adults who think they have to handle their life all by themselves. Climb up in daddy's lap, look in his eyes and say, hey daddy, guy, you know what I need? It's time to get childish with God. Like a child. One of the main thrusts of Jesus' message. That's why in John, a hundred times, he referred to God as Father. He said, look, you've got to see God differently. He's not the boot in the sky. Ready to kick you out the first time you mess up. He's not looking to leave you at the door of the fire department or at the hospital. He's looking for his children to climb in his lap. Get childish. We're called children of God, not adults of God. I don't know about you all, but sometimes I get tired of adulting. I guess me and Tina's the only one. Maybe which is time we get tired of adulting with God. Quit trying to figure him out. Quit trying to tell him what he can do and what he can't do. Quit trying to say, God, please, 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 please. My kids never begged me unless it was Christmas time. Because they knew they go in the fridge and open the door and there's what they want. Your father is so much greater than this, folks. He is Abba, Papa, Daddy. It became a term of intimacy. Abba. John chapter 5, verse 18. I'm telling you, this, is, this, this teaching got Jesus in trouble. Oh, it couldn't have got Jesus in trouble. Tree of Life version of John 5, 18 says, So for this reason, the Judean leaders kept trying even harder to kill him because he was not only breaking Shabbat, but he was calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. They wanted to kill him because they felt it was disrespectful for him to call God his father because then that puts him in the lineage of God. And if you're in the lineage with God, you are a reproduction of, you are a product of. When I, anybody in here ever met my father? Well, when you do, you'll be able to pick me him out from across the room and say, that's Brent's dad. And then when my brother walks in, you'll look at him and say, that's Brent's brother. Why? Because we look like each other. There is a gene that has come inside that, that I, we can't help it. We just look like, come on. And this is why they were mad at God. They were mad, uh, mad at Jesus. The, yeah. This is why they were mad at Jesus. You don't call God Father. That makes you just like him. But yet he calls us children of God. When are we going to realize that we are the children of God? You are as much a child of God as Jesus himself. There, it, why? How do I know? Because it's, now we're heirs and joint heirs. See, once, back then, once you got adopted, you didn't get unadopted. 
They can't write you out of the will anymore. And we were brought in. That's why I thought about that song, I Belong to You Today. He said, you have given me your name. So Jesus referred to God. Now, I want to go back and read Romans 8 again. Romans 8, 15 through 17, but now I want to read it out of the message. We're talking about Abba. But look how the message puts this. So good. This resurrection life you've received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. We're not just trying to get through this, hoping for the day when it's, it'll all be better by and When we all get to heaven, on a day of rejoicing, no. No. It's a day of rejoicing right now. Heaven's already started. You, you do realize that, right? It started. All right, can I unbind some theology here? Some of the worst teaching that's ever come through the church is the idea that let's just die and go to heaven. Why? You're never going to leave this earth. There's no getting out. Why? I want to see this. It's a city that sits on this planet. You're not going to gates of pearl. You are awaiting your time in the presence of God so that you can come back to the planet that he put you on in the first place and you can rule and reign and party all day long in the presence of God. This is what Abba wants for you. <coughs> the doctrine of resurrection needs to come back. The earth will be resurrected. It'll be restored. You are coming back to this place. Oh, I don't want to come. Yeah, you do. This is our party. This is party central. This is where it's happening. I, I'm trying to go on. This is not a timid, you're not just waiting to get to the grave. Oh, I just can't wait till it's all over. Then you're missing out. Because Papa wants you happy now. Three-year-old you didn't just say, oh, I, I can't wait till this life's over. Three-year-old you, a stick became a gun, a sword, a horse. <laughs> yeah, please. It became whatever it was. Why? Because you used the creativity of the Creator. When did we lose this? We lost this when we started calling him father and not daddy. When we quit being childish in the presence of God and started being holy. Uh, anyhow, I'm trying. It's adventurously expectant. Thank you. Greeting God with childlike, what's next, Papa? This is how we're supposed to live. Papa, what's next? What do you got going on for me? What's happening? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is. We know who we are. 
We've forgotten who we are. We are children of Abba. Papa, Daddy, who meets all my needs and supplies all my wants. Come on. My God, shall I supply all your, not some of your needs. Daddy will supply all your needs. Father and children, we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through, and when we go through the hard times with him, then we are certainly going to go through the good times with him too. Glory to God. This is Father's Day. This is the day that we celebrate him I'm glad for my, I'm glad for Leo Belcher. I'll call him later, tell him Happy Father's Day. You all should do the same if your fathers are living. But I'm going to celebrate my, my real father first. The father from whom I came originally. Getting too deep. In his book, The Father and His Family, E.W. Kenyon wrote this. Anybody ever heard of Kenyon? If you haven't, you should. E.W. Kenyon wrote this. The called him God. Jesus called him Father. The church today calls him God. How few ever intelligently call him Father? Go on. How lonesome he must be. He is a father God with a father heart, and his people call him God, just Mr. God. Like they should speak of a neighbor, let us learn the secret of his father heart. Just Mr. God. That's what we relegated him to. Let's go serve God. Let's go worship God. No. How about let's go to a daddy who will get down in the floor and tickle us till we can't breathe. How about let's go play with a daddy who supplies our every need. How about let's go play with a daddy who's seen every tear I cried and promises he would wipe away all of them. How about let's go play with a daddy who says that he's a provider, he's a sustainer, he's a deliverer, he's a healer. How about let's go play with a daddy who has always said, I will meet your needs. I'm telling you, when we begin to walk like this, we begin to think of him like this. We will come into church not trying to praise. We'll come in here to play and praise what happened. We just don't play anymore. First thing I want you to know about this father, about Abba, he recognizes his children. You ever felt like, God, you ever, have you forgotten me out here? Do you remember what I look like? Do you remember me, God? Galatians chapter 3 out of, the, out of J.B. Phillips' translation. Galatians 3, starting in verse 26, he says, For now that you have faith in Christ, you are all sons of God. All of you who were baptized into Christ have put on the family, 
<coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the family likeness of Christ. King James Version says, if you've been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. That word put on means to sink into. Coat. Oh, just wrap your, see that's what happens. When we came to Christ, now we are all children of God and he has, we have put him on and he has clothed us in his likeness and God knows what his children look like. You don't even look like you anymore. See, the point of clothes is to cover my skin. You don't know when I took a shower last. You don't know how dirty I am under here. All you see is the nice pants I got on. See, that's what happened to us. We came to the understanding and accepted the reality of who Christ is and what God has already done through Christ. And when we accepted that reality as our own, now everything that was me is now completely covered. And now all God sees is the likeness of the Father. He don't even see me anymore. Brent got lost in the Son of God. Bill got lost in the Son of God. You ever seen a kid put on a coat that's just too big? They could get lost in it. He said, you lost in that. That's what God did with us. He said, oh, here, you want this reality? Okay, here is all of my likeness. Here is my family tree. Here is my family DNA. Here, try to wear this one. And you are completely wrapped in Abba. See, we have taken on this nature. Folks, God doesn't see. God doesn't see son, sins. He sees sons. Come over here. God doesn't see disasters. He sees daughters. That's the only thing God sees now. That's the only thing he sees about you. But I'm not perfect and I make mistakes. Welcome to the family. You're in good company. <laughs> but it's who you are now. Verse 28. I really am trying, folks. Gone. Did I read verse 27? Yeah, we put on the family likeness. Look what Philip says here. Gone is the distinction between Jew and Greek. Slave and free. Male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Boy, I think our country needs to hear that. Gone is the differences between us. Gone is the things that used to separate us. Now we have been clothed in Christ and we are all now one in God. Man, that's a message that will unify a nation. Come on. Oh, I know, politics got scary. Gone is the distinction of Jew and Greek, slave and free, male and female. You are all one in Christ. Why? Because of your heavenly father, Abba. This is who he is. 
said, Brent, why are you talking like this today? Because I think it's time to get silly. What do you mean silly? You can't get silly in the church. That's our problem. <laughs> you can't laugh. God forbid a baby cry. Let him cry. Let him squeal. I don't care. Squeal to the top of his lungs. I don't care. You know why? Because his mama and his daddy, they're going to meet his need. If he's hungry, the El Shaddai. Oh, oh. Getting too... You know what else? Remember El Shaddai? The breasted one who supplies more than enough. When he's hungry, El Shaddai will take care of him. And when he wants to just be protected, then his Abba will be right there for him. Folks, we got to get back to the point where we understand we're just children in the Father's kingdom. Quit acting like adults. I put something on Facebook this week. The, end, the last thing the guy said, he says, nobody wants to see your normal. It's boring. We don't need normal anymore. That's our problem. Because we've taken on normality, we've forgotten Abba, Papa, Daddy, not Father, Daddy. <laughs> All right, getting silly. See, when you start preaching stuff, you start getting just whacked out. You don't know what's coming. First John chapter 3. We're going to read the whole chapter, okay? So y'all buckle in. We're going to be here for a while. First John chapter 3, starting in verse 1. For those of you who are panicking, it's only two verses long, so. <laughs> I saw some of your looks on your face. Oh, <laughs> whole chapter? I don't read a whole chapter a month. First John chapter 3 out of the Phillips translation. Verse 1, consider how incredible, consider the incredible love Father has shown us in allowing us to be called adults of God. No, children of God. Well, I'm an adult and I'm still my father's child. Do you act like a child? I'm telling you, we've taken this religious stuff way too serious. Everybody okay? Sacrilege. God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want to be... Remember the way Kenyon put it there. We're, well, wait till I read the scripture here in a minute. But called children of God, and that is just what we are... That is not just what we are called, but that is what we are. You're not just called children of God. You are. Let's get brave. You ready? Men, since it's Father's Day, put your hand on your belly. Say, I'm a son of God. People usually get nervous right there. Son of God, oh no, you can't say. All right, ladies, put your hand on your belly. I'm a daughter of God. See, see how much louder? We've, it's okay to say daughter, but when you start saying, I'm a son of God, there's only one son of God, and he wrapped you up into him so that you could honestly come and play and serve your father, your papa, 
your daddy. It's not you anymore. Our heredity is on the Godward side. You got to love Phillips. Our heredity, uh, scroll, scroll on down there if you can, Bobby. I know it's having difficulty. He goes on to say, our heredity is on the Godward side. It's no more a figure of speech, which explains why the world no more recognizes us than it recognized Christ. You know why they look at us weird? Because we are weird. why they look at you weird they look at you and they see a reflection of themselves that they don't recognize <laughs> because the word says that the enemy of this world has blinded their minds to the glorious thing that has already happened okay chugging right along our heredity on the, it, it explains alright verse 2 Let's finish this chapter. Oh, dear children of mine, forgive the affection of an old man. Have you real? That's the question. Have you realized it? Have I realized what? Who you really are? Have you realized that you are a child of God? You're a kid in the kingdom of God. He said, have you realized it yet? Here and now, we are God's children, not in the sweet by and by. Not when we all get to heaven. So why don't we start acting like kids now? Why don't we start acting like children of Abba now? Okay. We don't know what we, now I love this. We don't know what we shall become in the future we only know that if reality were to break through, because see, we, we, we think this is reality. I love how Philip says it there. If reality were to break through, we should reflect his likeness, for we should see him as he really is. You know what that's really saying? When you see God, you actually see yourself. I know, I can hear the brakes squeaking. What do you mean if I see Is that not what that says? When he appears, reflect him because we'll see him as he really is. Well, if we're going to reflect him, then that is who we really are. So to see God is to really see yourself. God has never looked in the mirror and thought, what a piece of junk. Matter of fact, he looks in billions of mirrors and speaks over his creation that they are beautifully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. You are a direct reflection of your father. There was a man by the name of Fred Craddock one time. Him and his wife went into Gatlinburg, Tennessee to have a vacation 
while there, they had a meal, and there was this distinguished gentleman who was walking around, shaking hands at every table. Fred says to himself, oh, I hope he don't come to here. Well, this man walks up to him, sits down, introduces himself, says, I'm Ben Hooper. He says, what are you folks, what are you folks here? He said, vacation. He said, what do you do for a living? He said, I teach hermeneutics at a Bible college. He says, oh, so you teach preachers to preach, huh? And with that, Ben Hooper pulls the chair up and he sits down. And he says, let me tell you, on that mountain right over there, I was born to a woman who, couldn't, who got pregnant by a man who wouldn't marry her. This was during one of the early wars. All my life, I was labeled. I went to school. They had a name for me. In they had a name for me. And he said that one day there was a new preacher came into town where he was at, and he, he used to like to sneak in the back door. He'd wait till service started, and he'd leave before service ended. He said one day the preacher ended service before he got a chance, and he had to walk out with everybody else. So right then he started feeling, not that people were saying it, but he started feeling all the eyes of condemnation on him. You don't even have a father. You're a child. He said and before he could get away, all of a sudden he felt this big hand on his shoulder and he stopped and looked around and it was the preacher. He said, oh great. Now the preacher's going to know everything about me. No, I don't have a daddy. He's going to know all this stuff. And they said the preacher didn't really say nothing. He stopped and he just looked at him. He says, I recognize you. I see the family resemblance. You're a child of God. And when he said that, he smacked him across the rump and said, you've got a great, herit a great inheritance ahead of you. Go get it. And with that phrase, Ben Hooper became one of only two illegitimate children who became the governor of Tennessee. See, when we begin to realize that Alba is our father and that our inheritance is great and it is just waiting for us to go and get it, and all of a sudden it becomes something different to us. All right, let's move on real quick. Your father, Abba, is not only recognizes you, but he's concerned about you. And in this trying time where everything seems to be going to hell in a handbasket, he's concerned. Well, it don't feel like it. Well, that's because we've forgotten Abba. We've forgotten. The Jews were looking for a Messiah. One who, they were looking for a ruler to come in and overthrow Rome. They were looking for a man who was going to introduce them to their father. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7. This is what our, 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 get the motor started. This is our responsibility. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7. Casting all your cares, Amplified. All your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all. I went to a church on an Indian reservation 
or Native American reservation in Oklahoma one time. Most of it was done in a Cree, and then the pastor would interpret for D and I because we were the only fair-skinned people in the room. It came to prayer time, and, and, and the lady going in told us, said, just do what they do. Okay. So they stand up, which sounds like a chant. Turn this way, and they continued to singing. Then they turned this way and continued to sing, and then they fell down and prayed. Then they stood up, sang a little more, turned this way and sang a little more, turned this way and sang a little longer. And then the pastor began to tell us and explain to us this right here. He said, this represents taking all of our problems from every area of our life. We turn to God and when we stand and we turn away, it is turning our backs on them because they're not our problems any longer. <laughs> what's, Pete, what's Paul say what's Pete here? Cast all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So what's God concerned about? Everything that stresses you out, everything that makes you anxious, everything you care about. If you care about it, God, your Abba cares about it. If it's your wife, he cares about it. If it's your husband, he cares about it. If it's your children, he cares about it. If it's your car, he cares about it. If it's your dog, he cares about it too. Well, I believe God cares. God, if it concerns you, see, if, that's, if that was the case that God didn't care about these little things in my life, then he should have never told me to take everything that I'm worried about, everything that I care about, all my anxieties, everything that stresses me out, and say, here, I can't handle anymore. Why? Because children aren't supposed to handle those things. That's daddy's problem. Oh, that's daddy's issue. Psalms 55, verse 22. We're, we're landing this thing, folks. Out of the Amplified of Psalm 55, verse 22, he says, cast your burden. Went to T.D. Jakes' church one night. This is, but y'all know T.D. Jakes' is right? Just so you know, we have something in common. So we went to his church when he was still in West Virginia one night, and they sang this song. Cast your burden upon Jesus. He cares for you. What, what David say here? Cast all of your burden on the Lord. Release the weight of it. Why? Because it's too heavy for a kid to carry. It's like a kid try to carry a case of pop through the house. He's trying with everything he might, but he can't do it. Why? Because he's not supposed to be carrying it. And the things that you're carrying right now that's so heavy for you, they're too because you're not supposed to be carrying them. Abba's got your back. Cast your burden on the Lord. Release the full weight of it. And He will sustain you. He will never allow instantly righteous to be moved, to make a slip, to fall, or to fail. Back in the Civil War, there was a Quaker father 
arguing with his son about joining the fight. Son goes off and does it anyhow. The, the father's awakened one night. He knew his son was hurt. He knew his son needed help. He knew his son wasn't getting it. So he takes off, finds out where the army would have been, finds the commander who tells him that there was a huge battle that day and there are hundreds and hundreds laid out in the field and some of them have helped, some of them haven't. And so he asks, can I go search for my son? And so he takes off and he begins to search for his son and he does this till the night, hundreds, hundreds, face after face after face, stepping over body with moans and groans. And finally when that night came, he lights a lantern and he starts sweeping back and forth so finally, he starts calling his son. He starts calling him out by name. Says, Jonathan, Jonathan Smythe, your father's looking for you. He recalls that he could hear how many sons laid in the dirt, wounded. He said, I wish that was my father. We talked about how good God is, but you know there's so many out there still laying in the dirt. I said, I wish that was my father. All we have to do is tell him he is. So he continues to call out. Just accept him. Let him be your father. So he continues to call out, Jonathan Smythe, your father's looking for you. I wish that was my dad. And finally, He's given up hope and he hears, Dad, Father, I knew you would come. Abba, here's your cry. In the middle of the darkest time of your life, covered in the blood and covered in the mud and covered in the junk that life gives us, he hears you and loves you. He's concerned about, he is Then why don't everybody make it? I want to leave you with one of the scriptures where God refers to himself as Father in the Old Testament. And I want to read it to you out of the voice translation because it, it so beautifully puts the way it's translated. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 19, this is God back to Israel. You know, we've become that, that, that strain of Israel now. He says, I thought to myself how much I wanted to welcome you home as children and bless you with a good land and a future to be envied by all the world. That's what God wanted. He said, this is what my desire for you was, to bring you home. To bring you home, to bless you with a good land. You're going to be envied of the world. That was God's desire. This is what he's saying here. Now look at the rest of the verse. I hoped when you would call me my father and no longer pull away from me and my ways. That's God's desire. I just want, he wants them all. That's why he says he's not willing that any should perish. He wants them all. 
They're all, they all came from him anyhow, and he wants them all back. <laughs> he said, that you would just call out to me. And that's why Kenyon said it this way. The Jews called him God. Jesus called him Father. The church today calls him God. How few ever intelligently call him Father. Oh, I wish that I heard. I longed for the day. Kenyon goes on to say how lonesome he must be. He is a father God with a father heart. His people call him God. Just Mr. God. Like they should speak of a neighbor. Let us learn the secret of his father heart. The secret of his father heart. I hope I've revealed some of it to you today. It's to take your burdens, your cares, and just say, okay, I wasn't meant to handle this. So I cast it on you. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that you are my daddy. You're my Abba. You're my Papa. We are so intrinsically tied together, Lord, that we just love and appreciate all that you're doing in our life. And so we give you praise and glory. And Father, let this be the remembrance on Father's Day. That we are children of Abba, our God, our Father. In Jesus' name. Real quick.